Sacred Story Podcast. I'm Laura and I'm your host and I'm so glad you're here. We're carving out sacred space to reflect on our own God-authored stories, to hear from women in their chapters, and to think about God's greater story around the world. We're just kicking off our podcast series with unexpected turns and, and excited to hear from the ordinary yet brave women who will be declaring God's faithfulness. And I'm particularly um, excited to introduce to you our guest today. Not only is she a woman who walks out her story well, but she's a dear friend of mine, Kelly Hutchinson. Hey, Kelly. So, hey, Laura. So glad to be here. And thank you so much for carving out time for this um, podcast. And I want to um, just let us know that the podcast themes is unexpected turns in our story. And I think that walking alongside your story has been such a gift to me because there's women's stories that we have in our collection that have been contributed and they are so rich and full. And I'm hearing them sort of after or as the story has already elapsed, but it's been um, really special to walk alongside you and your story. Oh, I'm so glad to share it. I'm so glad that you've been really with me prior to the, this big story and then, and then later too. So thank you for that. Well, we need each other, right? Sisters. And we need our sisters around us. And so um, <laughs> sisters in Christ and otherwise, but um, I just want to dive in. Mentioned at the beginning of your story on on our site, it's called a severe mercy. You mentioned that feeling like your life had become a bit more shallow than you wanted. Tell tell a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, I think that I I was in a really difficult marriage, um, for sure, emotionally abusive. Um, mm. And I think I wasn't willing to do anything about that. I I was at the point that I thought if I could just be sweeter, if I could just be a better wife, if I could just do everything that I could do, um, then the problems will go away. And um, so it's kind of juggling everything, kind of having all the balls of um, work and parenting and marriage and juggling it all, thinking if I just don't drop anything, everything will work out, you know? So I think I wasn't mm -hmm. honest with myself at that point about what was really going on. And, um, it was more than me, me and my role, um, in the marriage. And so, um, yeah, so I was just kind of tasking and getting everything done and, um, doing the next thing. So as we all, all do anyway, in some way. So, Yes, yes. And then when when we're just in the survival mode, we often don't have time. I know you didn't to think really about how to process what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have had to face too much about what was really going on in my own heart and in my own home. Um, and so I kind of pretended if I could just be better and do better then, then everything will turn out fine. <laughs> and so, right. um, and it, and it has been varying it in a very different way than I expected. So, yes. And okay. That's where we're going right now is tell us about the unexpected turn. I know as a friend of yours, I never expected it, but give us an idea of what, what went on. Yeah. So I, um, so I was married and, um, got married a little later, like, you know, 30 and, um, 
had a toddler and a little boy, and then I had twins 16 months later, and um, a little bit unexpected, but such a huge blessing. And um, they were sweet. They were, you know, healthy and amazing, easy delivery. And um, I mean, it was really just this just incredible blessing of having three kids under 18 months. Um, and the and twins were girls, I do have to point two, out. Yeah, two little <laughs> girls, over six pounds each. And I remember uh, holding them. They were such yeah. precious bundles. <laughs> I know. So now they're big 16-year-olds. So Yeah, right. But they are, um, I mean, things were just, um, you know, just I was delighted to have three kids and you know excited about the new chapter although you know a little terrified as well <laughs> as anybody sure. um and yeah. that happened nine days after the birth um I was home and I reached up to turn a fan on because as you know Houston is hot <laughs> almost at every season and this was March and um the fan cord um like a metal cord was really high and i remember thinking at the time i shouldn't be jumping up to turn this fan on because i just delivered twins and um anyway what i did i thought i just ripped or like um kind of pulled a muscle in my neck but what i ended up doing was tearing the artery in my neck the carotid artery causing a stroke and so um Completely unexpected, and it's really this rare injury. Um, so it was there wasn't anything to do with my health. I was healthy. I was 34, and um, completely unrelated to the birth or or the girls or you know. Um, Didn't you I, tell at one point that people who sometimes have taken shots like yeah. shots <laughs> that they've had this kind of stroke, right? Yeah, because it sprains the neck. My so OB. Anyway later told me like you know sometimes it's that that quick motion of drinking a shot you know that whipping your neck back like that and she just said well I know you're not do you're not doing shots nine <laughs> days after birth and that's for sure so we need to be aware of this tip of the day <laughs> it's true, I know. Yeah. oh but it really um because um because I wasn't able to have the wonder drug the TPA um, until, you know, you have to, you can have that after two weeks postpartum, but after birth, you know, you're still clotting. You weren't able, I wasn't able to have that, that shot to, um, mm -hmm. minimize the, the event, the effects of the stroke. And so mm -hmm. it had to kind of take its course and it really took quite a bit, um, I, when I was, I remember everything. So I never lost conscience, consciousness, but Mm -hmm. had to be in the ER, e ER. and um, when I walked, when I got into the ER, I remember, I, you know, I was speaking, and uh, my right arm was tingling, mm -hmm. and um, I was a little confused, but within hours, it kind of took its course, the stroke did, and I was able to kind of not receive, didn't understand speech and, and lost all of my ability to speak completely. Which I can't imagine. I still can't imagine. And I remember 
being at the hospital and as a friend, you feel helpless, you feel terrified, you feel out of control. And I, I do remember you speaking and I, I'm speaking, I was speaking to you and then we, you know, just not knowing what would happen. And the fact that the stroke created more damage was, I know, um, just really hard for all of us to get our minds around. It was so hard. I think there's nothing, when you're not able to communicate, you just feel so alone and just kind of yeah. inside yourself, you know? So, and some of the other effects were really dev devastating as well. I mean, I lost, um, my first, my right side was completely paralyzed mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some of that came back and, but, you know, I was completely bedridden and, um, and I had these nine day old babies and a toddler. Thankfully, my mom um, was there. She was planning to come. She came for about a month to help out and ended up staying about six months because <laughs> um, I needed some help. It was a true heroine. Yes. <laughs> And then what would you, what else? I know, tell us so that everyone knows, but what did you have to learn again? I wanted, one thing was speaking and then what else? Yeah. So I had to relearn how to speak, um, had to kind of put letters or, and like sounds on a grid in my mind. Um, I had two types of speech deficits. I had aphasia, which is like word finding that you just, you, you lose the words that you want to say to communicate the idea and then the other part of the speech was as apraxia, which is like the muscles. Um, you try to say something and it comes out completely garbled. And so had to learn how to articulate um, sounds again. So it was exhausting. Um, and then, then it, so I was started, started sort of like completely in the bed. And then um, I was in the stroke unit in the, like the ICU for stroke for about a month and graduated from uh, like first step was the walker, um, then a cane, well, crutches in there. And then, um, you know, a, a huge brace on my leg uh, just to, to be able to walk at all. And so really had to learn how to move my whole right side as well. Oh my, I know. It's, and, and the thing is you're, your recovery is a miracle, and yet I know you still suffer with permanent damage. Yes, I know. It's true. There's still many, like, unseen things, I think, you know. I have to think about words, <laughs> especially if I'm tired, you know. Sure. Um, so part of that is it might sound fine, and there's, but there's still a lot to process, you know, mentally. Um, I still limp. Um and, you know, which nobody loves to limp, you know, I'd love, I just can't wait to, to like run in heaven. <laughs> I think I yeah. literally yes. want to run. <laughs> so, yes. I want that, to do that for you as well. As, yeah. But it's very cute. It, it, it's, you know, you do it well, you limp well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and then it's like this mixed blessing because you think, oh Lord, I thank you for what I do have. Yeah in a wheelchair yeah. and I'm not so well let's so. talk about the dark days because I know that we can all relate no matter what unexpected overwhelming 
chapter we find ourselves in, there are dark days. And you were so honest, which I appreciate your story about, you know, at one point vowing never to pray again. I know that you told me just verbally that you felt like God was mocking you. But tell us a little bit about the dark days. Yeah. So, you know, after the stroke, the first like there was great like recovery, I think in the first month or two, you know, and then, and part of that though, I didn't realize how bad it was because cognitively I've had, I have some damage as well. And so I, as, as I healed a little bit, um, the, the reality of what I was facing in my, with my injury, um, kind of came to light and it was depressing. And, and I, there were, there was one certain time, <laughs> one day, yeah, tell that, us that day. <laughs> the scourge, you know, I just thought, Lord, what, what are you doing? You know, I mean, I have three kids that I can't really care for on my own and this really destructive marriage, you know, and I, and I hidden that um, and that was all kind of like flying open as well, yeah. you know, because I couldn't hide that anymore. Mm. And, um, and I just thought, what are you doing? What have you done? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, just so angry, angry at God, because I knew him and I knew that he could change this situation that he could, he could rescue me out of the situation. He could bring healing. He could, whatever, yeah. you know? And um, I was so angry and I just thought, I am done. I, I'm, I'm done praying. I'm not even going to ask for help anymore because obviously, God, you don't care. Maybe you're just laughing at this, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and so here I had, I was in my closet and I was so just in the depths and I had decided I'm done. I'm not going to pray and um, at that point, I had a huge AFO brace on my leg um, walking, trying to walk without a cane. And, um, <laughs> I just was so unsteady on my feet, feet. And I would like knock into walls and, you know, furniture, whatever, had bruises everywhere because of that. And at one point I was about to like totally fall. And so I, you know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, help, help. I'm going to fall, yeah. you know? And then I realized, I, sh I prayed <laughs> so bad right. I and then I cried because I realized like I, who do I have in heaven, but you God, you know, I, and nothing on earth desire that we desire except for him, you know, and that's like at a Psalm 73, but like I, I'm, I'm at his mercy and, um, it, and it, but it, there's not like a quick fix with those thoughts and right. feelings. It was just really some dark, dark days. So, right, which I think we can resonate that dark night of soul. Where is God? What is He doing? How to process something so devastating right. as a as a stroke um, that is leaving you with permanent, you know, damage, and yet it was called in the um in the collection a severe mercy but what is this unexpected turn how did it become a mercy to you well i think that um shortly after um the stroke maybe about well maybe about a year later not even um 
we started going through a diff, a really painful, um, horrible divorce. And, um, I, you know, I think that I probably was, um, hoping, thinking that if I could just, as I had said earlier, if I could just do better and, and be better, I can fix this marriage, you know? And, um, it was a really destructive, really abusive marriage and maybe not physically, but emotionally. And, um, I think this, this event woke me up to the reality of my life and my kids' lives. And so we were able to kind of escape the situation and, um, physically, but also emotionally and have a new, a start. So, um, but, you know, I mean, being divorced, I mean, a, a divorce is just almost more painful than anything physical, I think. You know, I mean, relational pain seems just way more acute than mm-hmm. any physical pain, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and really last longer lasting and, um, yeah, something to grieve over almost in a more intense way. And so that was really, that was really almost worse than, than having a stroke. So yeah, you died to the dream that it could be better, become healthy in Exactly. Yeah. So, and yet it was merciful because you were able to, um, to then be free to seek God and, and grow yourself as a person instead of feeling right. I guess. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And, um, and it's been the right thing. Um, but, but still a painful, a pain, a painful thing that, that we continue to walk out, you know, consequences from, for me and then for the kids. And, um, so anyway, we see, I mean, I see God's mercy in, in ways that I would have never seen before, but, um, but yeah, it's such a mixed bag of, of good and bad. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. That seems to be how our stories are. And so how do you process the, the reality that God could have written your story differently now? Yeah. Well, it's so hard because I, you know, we all want, um, an easier end to our story, you know, or like, I think we want like, Oh, I had that problem and yeah. I learned these three things and now it's over and all is well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all want After that story. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And like some stories are devastating but still like ongoing and messy and um and that's that's the that's been the hardest I think for me, you know, yeah. that um why God, why did you do it? like this, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I know I'm not alone. In I've asked that. that too for you. And it's been- yeah, I know. And I think, you know, like I, I like, I've got a lot of comfort by reading the story of Job. And at one point, um, his wife says something like, you know, curse God and die, you know, because of all this is going on. And, and then Job says, but like, aren't we to receive um, bad things as well as blessings from the Lord, you know, and like, who am I to say 
to I, I can't tell God who what he he needs to do in my life. You know, I mean, I'm I'm the one that needs to say, okay, God, I am I'm at your mercy, and you are good, and and that and he and he's good, and so um, it, it it's a good reminder just that. I'm the created, he's the creator. <laughs> and it's an ongoing dialogue, I think, that I have with the Lord, too. Yes, and I think that's so true. And that he um, he is good, and yet our crisis of belief when we're living our stories is to continue to believe that he's good and that his intentions, intentions toward us are good. And, and yet that's when we find that place of darkness and really have to express by faith and it's just faith at that point there's no evidence. absolutely yeah yeah and it's um yeah it's hard because you don't always you don't see the good that the deep pain of your life is going to bring you know you don't know like the good fruit that's going to happen right. from your story and so i guess that's where trusting god and his sovereignty and his um, his character and who he is um, is is important that we know now before the next crisis, <laughs> so that we can look back to what's who is he and what's his character. And um, he doesn't ever leave us. He doesn't ever forsake us. And because um, there's days, as we all have, that we we we're gonna feel left and forsaken. Yeah. But um, by faith, we know that that's not true. And I know we talked about this, but recently those verses, and I believe First Peter chapter 1, verses like 3 through 7, where he says, you've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then Peter goes on to say, even though for now you've been distressed by various trials, but the proof of your faith being more precious than gold will result in glory and honor and revelation, at, you know, when Jesus comes back. And so I just think the proof of our faith as we walk through chapters of our story is precious. And it's not proving it to God, but it's proving it to ourselves that he's alive and that he did sustain you and he, you know, sustains me and, you know, he sustains us through what we walk through. Yeah. And it's so good. I think that's why you, and I so love your heart to like elicit stories. Um, and because they need to be told because we're encouraged by each other's stories and what God has done in the lives of, of, of friends and, um, even people that we don't know. And so it's a, it's, it's a huge blessing, you know, to, to the believers in the, around the whole world. Yes. And tell me a little bit about how the Lord has met you and your children over the years as you've continued to walk this out. Well, you know, it's interesting. I look back and I think words have been such a struggle. And um, I, I look back, I think there was one time that um, I had to, when, as I learned how to talk again, I had a toddler that I would read books to. And so here I was like struggling with the very simple children's book. I was about on that level, <laughs> you know, like good night moon. I would be reading to Jonathan and, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I feel like even as they have grown, um, he, like, I just feel that God gives me words mm. for them. Mm. And 
he gives them gives me enough wisdom of times that I think I don't even know what to say in the situation, especially in these teenage years. Oh my I goodness. Can't <laughs> I, I have friends going through it, other people and I hear. I know. It's like a different podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> of of itself. But um but yeah, I feel like he's given me enough words and enough wisdom just for the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then another two, another example, you know, I, uh, we have really good, amazing family support where we live. And, um, so I think like God has provided other people for my kids, mm-hmm. not just me, I'm not alone. Yeah. And, um, you know, even yesterday, one of my daughters was out walking with a good friend and my, I know my friend is per- just purposeful in giving love and wisdom to this daughter. And I just, Mm. you know, kind of sat back and I thought, Oh Lord, thank you. Because I can't, I can't be all in all as I, as much as I might try, you know, we can't, I can't do it all. And so, um, so that's been really fun to see. Yes. And that's so true that we need each other to support each other in our story. And then the, and your with your children, you need people to support and love on them. Yeah, and I'm so glad that God's released so much of support and love where y'all are. And even though I was sad when you moved away from living in Houston, where I was, <laughs> I know <laughs> where I still am. Uh, I know. So, but what blessing has been released in your life through sharing your story? I know you've had opportunity to share it uh, verbally with people, one on one, or and then maybe a couple of larger group, and then on the site. But what blessing have you seen? You know, I think that we all kind of want to hide, we want to like put our best story forward, like whether it's social media or even walking into a room We just, it's easy to say, Hey, this is, this is what's great about my life, you know? And I think with being a single mom and, and a, a single mom with, you know, a, a, like a brain injury yeah, <laughs> and a you know, literal limp. I think I can, I'm at this point where I can't, I can't hide the brokenness and, um, it, it becomes a blessing because I can talk to people. Um, people are more apt to tell me some of their brokenness because it's, it's more obvious, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think, um, I am, I've become grateful for that, you know, cause I do want to connect with people and, um, and I want to go deeper and I want to cut through some of the, um, stuff that just needs to be cut through so that we can be real with each other. And so, um, so it becomes a blessing. Well, your story is a blessing. And I do want to let those who are listening know that you can actually receive Kelly's story in a care package. And what a care package is, it's a way to reflect on your story. It's a way to process maybe what you're in the middle of. And so you will receive um, Kelly's story. It's actually called Grace's story because originally we had it under a pen name, but then it will have several scripture cards and a journal. And it the journal's not just without some direction. The journal gives direction on maybe how to start processing with the Lord and in your time and in your way, meeting him. And then uh, you have a pen and a bookmark in the journal and uh, in the care package. And so we'd love to send one of these to you with a donation 
this is a $30 value with shipping and handling, but how you receive a care package with Kelly's story is you go on sacredstoryministries.org, hit the donate tab, make a donation, and in the um, where it says donation notes, put the name of, um, put Kelly's name, and we'll know that you listen to this podcast, and we'll send that to you. It could be for yourself as you're processing your own story, or it could be for a friend and someone that you know who may be in a place where encouragement is, um, is just really something that will make all the difference in their chapter, and that's what we're here for, to encourage each other to know that um, our stories individually point to the great greatest story ever told in Jesus Christ when he came and paid the penalty for our sin and was raised again. And we have something to declare to the world that gives hope. So I'm excited for the care packages. I'm excited, Kelly, that you um, have been with us today. Thank you for being honest and sharing. And we look forward to we look for it's been great to be here laura thank you for doing what you do it's been wonderful well i love it and i love that um we've been able to hear more about your story and we'll have part two in the future